Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just allowing us to learn from you, Lord, and giving us the ability to come before you, Lord, and speak with you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for sending us your Holy Spirit, Lord, and not allowing us to enter temptation, Lord, and just giving us the ability to understand what you're doing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study and discussion of the word in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 18, and we'll be continuing in verses 18 through 28. So I just want to encourage you at this time, if it's your first time joining us, just to take the opportunity to either read or to refresh yourself in those scriptures just to better enable you to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I'll begin. All right, well, Charles. Um, one thing that the Lord was pointing out to me was that what we see with Apollos, um, although he didn't understand fully everything that he needed to, what the Lord was wanting me to point out was that when we're doing His perfect will, we may not know everything. Actually, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed we won't know everything we need <laughs> to know at that one time. But it's the willingness of us to be able to listen and learn, even though we're in the ministry. It's not because you have gone to ministry that now nobody can tell you anything unless mm-hmm. they have these certain requirements or they're a position you consider greater than your own. It does not matter what the position is. And the same is true here. Apollos had to be willing to listen and had to be humble in his own perspective of himself. He didn't tell Aquila and Priscilla saying, you guys aren't pastors, nor are you apostles, so why don't you get some of those credentials before you come talking to me? But mm-hmm. he was able to listen because he understood that they had wisdom to pass on to him. Well, Amen. What was that wisdom? About, I'd say the things that the Paul had been, the Lord through Paul had been teaching them. What was that? It says very plainly what he was missing. It said he only believed in the baptism of John. He knew the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He needed, well stated, sir, he needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it shows he had, he'd been studied, right? He had studied, he knew the scripture, he was very eloquent, right? Those are all gifts from the Lord working in and through him. But the Lord said, without me, you can do nothing, right? He made it, Jesus stated it very plain to his disciples. Do not leave the city until you receive the spirit of promise. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I would like to say this. Um, you, When you were talking with Charles, you said he didn't have everything he needed. 
or knew everything he needed. But I will yes. I will counter that with this with just a slightly different perspective. Don't you think God knew how much the man knew? Amen. Yes. Don't you think he he knew what he was missing and what he needed? But God said, I'm still going to use you and I'll bring the rest that you need to mm-hmm. you. So for what I want you to do right now, you're duly equipped. Get on the road. Get on the journey. Yes. When Paul started preaching, he didn't know everything. The disciples didn't know everything. They had heard stuff and words that Jesus spoke and it bounced off their head and flew on the ground. For three Three and a half years. To the point that Jesus was talking to him after their resurrection, after his resurrection, and they didn't even recognize him. And stuff didn't didn't come back to the remembrance after until after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then longer. They still didn't have it all together because the Lord still had to tell Peter, what I call clean, you should not call unclean. How long are you gonna, you know, struggle over this? Right? So it's not about what we think is the right amount. Yes. Or what we think we're supposed to have, because we would say in our humanity, let me put it all perfect, get a bow on it, where I feel confident in this, then I'll go. Let me put this in order. Let me bury my so-and-so. Let me, you know, go deal with this. Let me cash my bonds. Then I'll come back and serve you. But the Lord's saying, just come with me now. Because where where you are, if he called you, then He's he's got it. He's satisfied with what's in you. Mm-hmm. He'll put whatever else is needed in you. Your job is just to say, here I am, Lord. Amen. Did a five-year-old have it all together? <laughs> I'm referencing Samuel, the prophet Samuel. Did he have it all together? Did he know everything he was nope. ever going to know in his walk with the Lord? No. Of course not. I mean, he didn't even know how to tie a sandal strap at that point. I mean, he was probably still getting past bedwetting. But here still God used him to carry this message to the Lord. You know what I mean? This message of God to someone else that was a, a serious message. God just needs a willing vessel. And he just needs us to trust him enough and walk with him and he'll add to us what he wants to be added when he wants it to be added. Because Apollos, he he could have translated him in the spirit right there the same moment that the apostle Paul was receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? He could have had, ding, sat him right there next to him, had the, um, what was his name? That Ananias. Ananias. Had Ananias lay hands on both of them, boink, and they both received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right then and there. And go on the journey at that point. He could have translated Apollos and had him in the upper room, but he didn't because he had a perfect timing and he was still pleased with the work that Apollos was doing and he wanted him to come in line like this. Yes. So there's another aspect or side to Mm -hmm. what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way that we all just need to be willing vessels Mm -hmm. for uh, the Lord's service. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's... The other side of that is don't hinder the work of the Lord. For And this is for ministers, for those that are already in leadership within the body of Christ. Right? We talked about knowing what the will, will of the Lord is, letting Christ be at the helm of his body. Well, then at the same time, let's not put these undue burdens on people that the Lord wants to use for his service. Let's just mm-hmm. trust the Lord that he knows what he's doing with his body and that he's sending the ones in and their proper time to go do what he's asked them to do. And he knows who he's called. Amen. I, I, I love that you um, recognize that Apollos also had to be humble mm-hmm. in his receiving from Aquila and Priscilla. And that that's important on both sides of it. Um, I just want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, let's see. 
this is verse 25. It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, just just keeping that heart of humility, of true humility on both sides, the one pouring in and the one receiving that God gets the glory and he's able to use a willing vessel no matter where they are. And at the appointed time, which I think is something Paul had to come to. At the appointed time, mm-hmm. he was brought into the kingdom. At the appointed time, he donned or put on the apostleship that the Lord had always intended and purposed for him. Um, but just recognizing, I, I just love that about the Lord. We're well, never going to know everything. In the moment we think we do, that's when we should be concerned. Amen. When I think I got it all together, I should be like, ooh, peeking over the there corner. There should be a check in by spirit. Pride, where are you? I know you're out there. Oh, I know you're in here. Oh, or coming up. Let's oh, deal with that. Let's buff um, at that and um, uproot it and replace um, it with truth. Exactly. But I mean, let's look at the consistency with our Lord, right? It says it takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. Well, each of his disciples, none of them, they, they were all what would be uneducated, unlearned, right? As scripture mm-hmm. says that plan, they were unlearned men. Mm-hmm. But yet, after Christ ascended, and they were doing the work of the ministry as the Lord intended and prepared them to mm-hmm. do. As he, he, wait, he qualified them to do. Mm-hmm. He certified them, qualified them, and did everything else and, and released them, sent them out. And they, mm-hmm. they were now apostles, not just disciples. Mm-hmm. That it was functioning as he designed. And everyone else had to recognize, oh, wait, these men have been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. These have listened to him. Because they were saying, they were asking themselves, where did they get such wisdom? Where did they mm-hmm. get such they know things knowledge they of the scripture? Know. Exactly. We haven't seen them in here studying our scrolls. They have. They're not on the inner, the inner um, team of. You know what I mean? <laughs> our 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 group here. They're they're not. Amen. They're not our favorites. They're not sitting at the feet of the the high priest. So where or, are they get or this? any of these other mm-hmm. priests or leaders mm-hmm. of the synagogue? Where did they get this? They got it from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Exactly like Moses, exactly like all these others, right? Abraham, that didn't have anything to read. Abraham, mm-hmm. Isaac, and Jacob, right? The the forefathers. Mm-hmm. But let's also recognize, right? And this is especially for ministers. The Lord will qualify whom the Lord will qualify. Amen. It is up to us to hear from the Lord, to acknowledge that, and not hinder the work of the Lord and what he wants to do in and through a person, but also the impact that they will have for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that Aquila and Priscilla didn't try to bludgeon Apollos. Amen. And tell him, you shut that up and, you know, casting him out and I've been listening him and on studying under media. Paul for the last right. You're wrong year and a half, and you're two not as years. Good as right. They didn't do that. But they, they, they let the Lord use them in the way that the Holy Spirit prompted it and added to the man being equipped for the next phase of his journey, how the Lord wanted to minister through him more so going forward and the humility on Apollo's part to go, okay, I'll listen and receive that because I want to hear from God. And I just, you know, I, I love the God for his majesty. So there, there are two points to, to what you, you stated there, LeCharles, about how he was humble, right? Yes. So we see on the first hand, right? And when we're introduced to him, it says he was eloquent and mighty in scriptures but it also says how he vigorously, and this is verse 28, defended or refuted uh, the Jews publicly. But right before that, it says, in ver- end of verse 27, 
that he greeted uh, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Amen. So you see the love of God coming out. So he could bear with people. He could, yeah, it didn't stand for the nonsense, but he was operating out of love, which is how we're how our pattern example found in Jesus the Christ lived out his life and demonstrated to us his grace and his mercy, right? And you see Apollo operating in the same manner or in like manner. Amen. And it, it just brings me back to what we read in um, Mark in the previous um, podcast or so, that the that John, uh, as a disciple, wanted to stop another person from casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, leave him alone. If he's not against us, then he's for us. He's on our side. And, and here... Um, Apollos wasn't a part of the, the group. He wasn't, but he was working by the, the Lord ministering through him. And what they had in common is that they both professed and proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. And just the maturity that it took in, in Apollos and Priscilla to perceive that and just go in the unity of the faith, letting Holy Spirit minister and um, not going, well, we're holiness preachers and, and you're not that, you don't, you don't talk like this, you don't say it like that. And so attempting to disqualify right, everyone who's not them. But saying, you believe on the name of Jesus and you are you know, doing this from a sincere heart and a sincere place, come on, let's come together. Let's, let's love on each other. Let's support each other. And let's be one as we're supposed to be. We are one. And, you know, let's, let's connect here. And here's, here's what the Lord would have me share with you. And, you know, who knows if Apollo shared something with them or, you know what I mean? Minister to them in some kind of way, but just strengthening him for what God called him to is, is just priceless in the body of Christ. Go ahead, promise. Um, very quickly, Lord's talking to me about, especially with Apollos and how it said that he was born in Alexandria mm-hmm. and, if I believe Alexander, since I have modern day Egypt, and the, oh, hold, hold on there, maybe a couple different ones. There were sixteen oh. Alexandrias, as Alexander the Great conquered um, much of the world at that time. He named all these cities after himself. <laughs> uh, there kind was of like George Foreman naming all of his kids <laughs> after himself, <laughs> right? Well, there's there's an element of that, but he named. I believe if I have my, you know, studied it right and remember that it was about 16 different cities named Alexandria and they were all also learning centers. So they combined much of the, the knowledge of the day, right? Both from a um, educational standpoint, but also religiously or philosophically. Mm-hmm. So just, it's not just that he was from Egypt, right? Like, there was a number of them. He could have been from. Um, could have been from different. Greece. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a. Because remember, there's there are Jews and there are Greeks, right? Oh yes. So or they're Hellenistic Jews. So, um, just wanted to pause and bring some some understanding, some clarification. But what were you saying, sir? And so, Lord, so that um, that's not necessarily about how it looks because. Most times, a lot of times inside the body of Christ, preachers would disqualify others because they don't have a certain degree behind their name. And as a result, though these people may be speaking correctly, they they persecute them. And 
Lorm, one a famous example of this was Mr. Wigglesworth. He he didn't know how to read. The only book he knew how to read was the Bible. And how I'm not saying that people try to disqualify him, though I'm sure that some of them try to do that. Well, he he eventually learned how to read the Bible. He didn't know how to read or write initially, but yet the Lord mm-hmm. sent his wife to teach him. His wife taught him how to read. Now, he, he had a successful business and everything else. He was a master plumber and didn't know how to read or write. But yet, the Lord sent someone to, to help him, right? To bring him to that next level. And everything that he had, that he, he learned, he used it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you going to tell that story? Go ahead, tell us. Yes, boy. And as Dad said that, his wife times to read, and the Lord showed me that though he didn't know how to read, he was one of the mo- he is one of the most famous preachers known. And mm-hmm. so the Lord showed me that also it wasn't just Willis- that Mister Wigglesworth had um, he just had head knowledge. It was also that he also had a relationship with the Lord, and that he actually applied it to himself. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, remind me that it's not about how someone looks on the outside, though mm-hmm. that does have an effect on how people perceive others. It's about how their heart is to the Lord. And mm-hmm. the Lord remind me, especially with certain groups of people, like Middle Eastern people, most time when we see them, especially concerning Christians, they're more so categorized as Muslims. And as a result... A shield goes up, and though the Lord may be working through them, they don't allow the Lord to appropriately appropriately work through them. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying there's a there's a hindrance based off of natural perceptions. Yes. Okay. So what's the solution to that, sir? Well, with also looking at people. Lord remind me of love and how it says that God is love and you can see the characteristics of love inside of 1 Corinthians 13 and the Lord show me that also a solution to that is listening to the Holy Spirit without first judging the person mm. and before you judge the person walking in love toward them. Even then, right? Judging the person is not what we consider it to be. Judging the person as, Lord, what do you say about this? About this individual, about what they're saying, right? And the words that they're speaking and how they're acting. What do you say? And what is my role in this? It's not judging based on appearance or anything else. What does the Lord have to say? The Lord, right? We were just talking about the Lord qualifies who he qualifies, regardless of where they're from or what their skin color is or anything else. Right? Nor should we. Yes. We don't, right? Jesus himself said, I don't judge by what is that, or scripture tells us very plainly, he would not judge by what his eyes saw or what his ears heard. Right? Yes. Why? Because he, he was that in, tr- or that trusting. His faith was that huge in the Lord that he just trusted him and the leading of Holy Spirit in everything even to what he should say and do. Because he says, if I do judge, my judgment is true. Why? Not because of what he perceived, 
but of what the Holy Spirit revealed to him. Right? Yes. So when we talk about judging, that's how we judge. Not off our own man-made qualifications. The Lord qualifies who he qualifies. Right? Yes. If we're not in line with that, then we are in fact doing what? Sending ourselves against them. Trying to throw people out of the boat. When it's not our boat to for them to come into anyway. It's the Lord's boat. He's the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. So then it's not my place to throw someone out. I don't have a heaven for them to go to. But I know the one who does. And he's the righteous judge. So let's uh, let him uh, allow him to operate in his place. And let's us operate in ours in where the Lord gave us, how he, what he entrusted to our care. And in all of that, it requires us to be dependent upon him, to lead us, to guide us, to give us his will, his plan, and his purpose. Not just for our own lives, but then for all those that he's entrusted to our care. Our beginning in the home with our children, but then also to others. If we're in the, the role of, say, leadership in the body of Christ, whether that's as a pastor or I'll just say as an apostle, a prophet, a evangelist, a shepherd or pastor, right? And or a teacher. Whatever that position is, that role and that authority that's been given to you, it still requires the same thing. What's the Lord say about it? What's his will in this situation and circumstance? And let's say and do that how he intended for us to say it and do it and when he intended for us to say it and do it. That's where our, our hope, our trust, our dependence has to be. Or you could say mistakes will be made. But is it a mistake if we willingly do it? Or is that disobedience and rebellion? I don't know it sounds harsh, but how does the Lord view it? Because when it applies to us, we like to give ourselves so much grace, right? Yes. But then when it's done towards us, well, man, we can be very demanding and extracting. Unmerciful. Un- exact, unmerciful. Mm-hmm. But wait, if we just walked with the love of God and sought out Him for His thoughts and His ways concerning everything, we would see much more love. We would treat everybody, our neighbor as ourself. Not what we perceived from natural means and circumstances. Amen? Amen. So I know there's a lot in there. So let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that he gives us everything that we need, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you have shown us how to be humble, Lord, and that we can show that and both be willing to listen to others, Lord, and just have a humble perspective of ourselves, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you're the one who has heaven, Lord, and that you're the one who created and the only one who could put people in there, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.